0: Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm
1: Megan. Let's
0: shake our green. Megan. Oh, I've got the sack. I've got got the raccoon bones. All right. And I'm bringing
1: in part two of the Shanda Share case. Part two. I'm ready. And right before I dive in, I said that I wasn't going to just like shout out people because lots of people have requested it. But... One person requested this more than once. Okay, and just to show her some love because she literally was like, "Um, hey, did you forget me? Like, Aww. were you going to cover this?" Because she really wants it covered. Um, is uh, so I want to shout out uh, Rosa Barbosa Clark and her uh, lovely girlfriend Talisa, and they have been waiting for this to be covered. Um, so
0: oh, thank you guys, thanks for, for the suggestion
1: and for listening, and and we promised that we would do it, and even though it's months later. Well, that, I'm finally ready to give it to you.
0: Yeah, that, that happens. I'm working on one that one of our beautiful Patreons sent me the books for actually a year ago, October 2022. Right. Um, I finally got to read them read them, and also, you know, putting the episodes together to do it justice. So it just happens. We're not going anywhere, guys. No, nope. so we'll get to them. We will get to them. Don't worry.
1: <laughs> All right. So picking up, um, I had just left you with uh, the four perpetrators in this case, heading over to Shanda shares. Yes. And uh, Hope has just got Shanda, Shanda into uh, Lori's car, and they are heading toward the witch's castle. So... She still doesn't know that Melinda Loveless, who's obviously scary to her because she's been threatening her anyway and doesn't want her and Amanda together. She doesn't know she's in the car or even that she has any type of a connection to these girls at all because Shanda doesn't know any of the young ladies that came to her house. Right? And again, we're not going to talk about why she would go and do this because she's 12 she's years 12. old and she's an adolescent.
0: And this is where I'm going to go into work mode and desensitize myself and separate myself from the reality of of this. Yes, Everything that I'm hard.
1: going to tell you now is a trigger alert. Yes. I explained in episode one what we found. We know the result, the yes. end result for Shanda. But listening to how this is done um, is, is triggering for anybody. So if you can't listen to this, I highly suggest that you fast forward maybe even on 20 minutes or so because mm-hmm. it's all bad. Yep. Yep. So after leaving Shanda's home, her dad's home, Melinda does end up jumping up from the back seat. Uh, where she had been hiding in, uh, waiting with this knife. She pulls Shanda's hair back um, from the front um, and puts the knife to her neck. So while little Shanda is, you know, sitting here obviously scared, her hair's pulled back, there's a knife to her neck, she starts taunting her. She tells her things like, you should have listened, you should have stayed away from Amanda, I will fucking kill you if you don't admit that you stole Amanda from me. And as she's terrorizing her with these threats, they're driving to this witch's castle. And, and Shanda would know witch's castle. And it's meant to be scary. It's this local teen hangout there's this, where there's this legend, as towns will have, right, that the house was once owned by nine witches and that the townspeople had burned down down that house to get rid of the witches. And they, like, died inside. So it's scary. So they pull Shanda out of the vehicle at this point. They've got to witch's castle And I think all that's left of this is really some kind of dilapidation of buildings. But there's like a fireplace left there. You know, one of those spooky like chimneys out of the the ground thing. I
0: can picture it perfectly. So you picture
1: this and this 12-year-old who's being held at knife point by girls, most of whom she doesn't know, but one she does who's threatened her in the past. And put yourself with how fucking terrified you are at this point. So they bind her arms and her legs with rope. Melinda starts to taunt her about her pretty hair. And how would it look if she cut it off? Then she takes Shanda's rings off of her hands, her little rings that she's wearing, and she hands them to the other girls like little gifts. It's like she's giving away this girl's rings in front of her. And then she grabs a t-shirt and she lights it on fire in front of Shanda. And then she freaks out because she's worried, oh shit, somebody passing in cars might see this fire So she puts the shirt out that she lit on fire, but obviously is threatening her and trying to scare her. So she's in tears. She's fearful for everything for her life. Shanda is trying to respond, right? She's trying to respond to the girls at this point in time, begging them, responding to the questions that she's being asked. You know, you stole her, admit it, you bitch, those type of things.
0: And at this point, do we wonder, because the two girls – Tony and Hope L- and Hope who do not know have no connections do you think that they're too scared to exit this because of now the behaviors
1: that they've seen from Melinda maybe at this point i'm going to have to have you consider that and everybody else when we when we hear the full story okay so loveless uh, melinda has convinced the other girls then at this point because of Maybe just too public of the location. It is a local teen hangout. People do come there. And mm-hmm. she's just created a little watch fire, uh, mm-hmm. either inadvertently or didn't realize it at the time, that it could be potentially dangerous for her plight here. She convinces the girls to take uh, Shanda to a more remote location where no one is going to be around. So it was reported, at least at first, that the other three girls assumed um, Melinda Lovelace was simply going to scare share into breaking up with Amanda Heverin. So I call bullshit on some of it because I think it was made clear um, by other statements. I'm going to, we're going to kill a little girl tonight. Those type of things. Yes. But again,
0: and now we've escalated to this point. We've ta- you, have bound her, right?
1: But using your, an adolescent brain here at this point in terms of where they are, is it still possible that they think this is just a scare thing? Okay. So I do find it hard to believe. And I know that you do as well. Um, but both, all of the girls, Hope, Lori and Melinda start taunting Shanda then saying things like, you don't look so hot now, do you? And because they're, you know, hurting her and I bet you'll leave Amanda alone now. Okay. So they're still, right. ta- they're doing yeah. this taunt thing. They're
0: jumping in and they don't even know this girl or
1: Amanda. Right. So they get into the car cause they're going to leave and that. go someplace more remote. During the car ride, Shanda is continuing to beg them to please take her back home. Mm-hmm. Melinda Lovelace ordered her to slip off of her bra, so she slips. Shanda takes her bra off, which she then hands over to Hope Rippy, who slid off her own bra, and replaced it with uh, Shanda Shears while steering the car. Okay. Okay. Do you? Do we like this behavior? No. It's in, in some people will say still just kind of taunting, harassing her kind of thing. Well, they become a little bit lost in their drive to get out to someplace more remote. So they stop at a gas station and they cover Shanda up in a blanket. Lori Tackett goes inside to ask for directions. Melinda, um, I'm sorry, and Tony Lawrence calls a boy she knows in Louisville and chats to him on the phone for several minutes to ease her worries and never mentions when she's on the phone to this boy that she's called, what she's involved in or what they're doing or that Shanda has been abducted and is in the car. So keep this in mind. She takes the time to call somebody here. Okay. This is Lawrence. She's Mm -hmm. had an
0: opportunity to tell them everything that's going on. That you've kidnapped somebody.
1: Yes. Yes. So the girls return to the car, but again become lost and they pull up to another gas station. And there Tony Lawrence and Hope Rippy spot a couple of boys And talk to them again before getting back in the car and leaving again. Yet another chance to tell somebody. I'm telling you this for a reason. Mm -hmm. This is a second opportunity that they had to let somebody know what was going on. And this time it wasn't on the phone where you could presume, say, maybe you were worried, you know, oh, they heard the phone call. I can't get away from this. They were actually at a second gas station having contact with a couple of people that could have helped them. Yep. They get back in the car and leave again. And sometime later, they arrive at the edge of some woods that was actually pretty near Lori Tackett's home in Madison. So they're close by Lori's house, but they're still in a remote location. Okay. Some people have described this location as like a trash dump that's near a logging road and that it's very densely heavily forested. Okay. So lots of trees here. This is where they make Shanda strip off all of her clothing. Melinda begins to punch Shanda and actually grabs her face and slams her knee into Shanda's head and face, which caused massive bleeding. And Shanda, yeah. per her mom, had recently had braces put on. This oh, made God. the assault particularly painful and, and, of course, caused that really aggressive bleeding. And you know head and mouth injuries yes. bleed so terribly. Yes. Hope, Rippy, and Tony Lawrence actually stayed in the car during this part. Mm. Is what? was explained
0: okay i still don't i like i
1: i they're dead to me i understand. <laughs> like i still can't i, I don't care if and, they are in the car and melinda Lovelace and and Lori tackett are are beating shanda up they're mm-hmm. beating her they tie her up and this is the part where we aggressively have the first attempt at murder because melinda tries to slit her throat okay the knife was too dull so then melinda and Lori try to strangle shanda mm. hope rippy comes out of the car to hold Shanda down.
0: Okay, and now you are also just culpable. culpable. Yep.
1: While Lori and Melinda take turns stabbing Shanda in the chest and in one account, possibly her feet also. Oh my God. Because there were injuries to her feet. We just don't know for sure when it happened. Sure. Then they strangle her with a rope. Mm -hmm. She was unconscious, according to the girls, uh, in a later interview when they put Shanda in the truck. All of the girls believed that she was dead at this point. Okay.
0: I'm going to choose to believe that her soul has exited her body at this point in time, knowing what the inevitable result was so that she doesn't consciously know what's happening.
1: I That's hope so. That's what I'm going to choose to believe. I hope so. But I'm going to tell you some things that are going to break your heart. Then. I mean, her
0: human can still be there, but not her soul. Yeah.
1: So Melinda Lovelace and Lori Tackett. Told the other three, other two girls, that she was dead. So Mm -hmm. they all believe she's dead at this point. I don't know if Melinda and Lori actually thought that they had succeeded in killing her at this point, but regardless, they tell everybody that she, the other girls, that she's dead. So then, it's just so fucking ridiculously like psychopathic. They continue to cruise. They drive around for a while. Mm -hmm. Then they go to Lori Tackett's house to get cleaned up, Mm. and they drink some sodas and. Are enjoying themselves in the house. Let's just have a Pepsi. And isn't she in the trunk? She's in the trunk at this point in time. And at this point, um, shit goes south for them because they hear Shanda screaming in the trunk and realize she's still alive. Oh my god! While they're in Lori's house, the fact that she could scream. Yes. Well, when they heard her screaming, Lori Tackett goes out with a paring knife.
0: Okay, oh my God, you guys, a paring
1: knife is a short-bladed, straight mm-hmm. f- blade, fixed instrument that you use to like peel an apple skin yep. or fruit. Yep. And she stabs her several more times and comes back in covered in blood. The
0: sociopathicness of all of this—you can't even claim that it was just like this loss of control out in the wooded area. So intense multiple
1: times. Time in between attacks. So intentional. They are keeping her there. They've not attempted to dispose of her to get her help. Right. She goes out and stabs her with a paring knife. And what, I'm sorry, what kind of a moron thinks that a paring knife is going to finish off the job with stabbing? You're just torturing her at this point. And that's
0: the point. That's exactly what she wanted to do.
1: I think so too. I think that this was more at this point intentional torture, but- She comes back inside, apparently thinking that she has killed her again, but I call bullshit. I think she just wants to stab her in a submission. Yes. She washes up and she gets out her rune stones to tell the girl's future. So now they're going to tell their futures and and play occult witches here. Literally, they're playing teen slumber party games. Yes. Yep. Like I'm just waiting for them to play light as a feather stiff as a board now.
0: Absolutely. This to me, uh, this is the worst case, the worst true crime case for me personally.
1: When you're talking about teenage it, killers? Yes. Yes. It, and it's it's just scary. It's so frightening. At 2.30 a.m., Lawrence and Rippy stay behind. And Lori Tackett, so they're at Tackett's house, mm-hmm. but those two girls stay behind while Lori Tackett and Melinda Lovelace go cruising. Mm-hmm. Shanda starts to make... Noises and trigger alert. What they're hearing from the trunk is some light crying and gurgling noises. Yeah. So Lori Tackett stops the car and when they open it, Shanda sits up. I don't know whether this is voluntary or involuntary. She's covered in blood. Her eyes are rolling back in her head. Huge trigger alert. She was unable to form words other than the word mommy. Uh I'm sorry. Lori Tackett then beats her with a tire iron until she goes silent. And an even bigger trigger alert, trigger alert, sorry. At some point in time, she does claim later that she beat her until she felt what she thought was her head caving in. There were some reports that Shanda was sexually assaulted, as I indicated to you before, including sodomy by the tire iron. Mm. There, we don't know for sure still who did that, but most of the speculation later is that it would have been Lori that did completed the sodomy with the tire iron. And this is where I think it happened. And some people had stated that perhaps it was after, but we know now from the autopsy report based off of the bleeding and the state of the rectum that her heart
0: was still pumping. Correct. Mm -hmm. It was still pumping blood through
1: her body. So. The sexual assault, and what I'm going to consider a mobile assault, because this is mobile, this is happening in a vehicle and stopping at multiple places, yeah. with the tire iron, went on and off for two hours, for at least two hours, while the two went joyriding.
0: Mm-hmm. So they're
1: joyriding and then stopping to beat this baby mm-hmm. in the trunk. So Melinda Loveless and Lori Tackett then finally go back to Lori's house just before dawn to clean up. Hope Rippy asks about Shanda at this point. And Lori Tackett describes all of the torture that they've inflicted on her like she's bragging.
0: Well, she was. She was reliving it because she's that sick.
1: Yes. This conversation that they're having, and just before dawn, so what are we talking, maybe like 5 a.m. or so, actually wakes up Lori Tackett's mom, who yells at them for being out late and tells her, you need to take these girls home. But instead, they drive to dispose of Shanda. So the girls open the trunk to stare at her like when they're at um, the house. They've left the house, tack at home, and they're getting ready to get in the car, but they show her what's in the trunk. And this is one of the other points where one of the girls says to her, that you're not looking so hot now. You're not so pretty now. Oh my god! Because the whole thing is Melinda is so devastatingly jealous of the relationship with Amanda Heverin. She's this is a beautiful twelve year old. She's very pretty. She's you know she's just so jealous. Yeah. That she's focusing on these things. She's dying in this trunk and she's beat to hell. And her response is, "You don't look so hot now, do you?" Oh. So, in showing Hope Rippy um, her handiwork. Uh, Tony Lawrence is obviously there as well. She doesn't want to look at the body. She's obviously struggling with this. And so. Oh, they, finally,
0: a sense of some humanity. She
1: hasn't been there for much of it. She no. stayed in the car during the original. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to give her this. And, and she knows everything that's going on, but she's not going and driving around. And then when they go out to, you know, see their handiwork before they leave, Hope looks. But Tony does not. Uh, Lawrence does not want to look. But so let's she gets point in the out car. Tony
0: and Hope stayed back. Okay, at 2.30 in the morning, they stayed back. Girl. The parents were home. They could have went to the parents, woke the parents up, let them know when the, when the mom came in and said, why are you up so late? You need to take these girls home. Yes. When she didn't want to look Chanel. at the body, she could have ran back in the house and told the parents, but fucking no,
1: she didn't. So, And this is Lori Tackett's parents. Why didn't Hope and Tony call their own parents right? or leave? Could have done that too. Just fucking leave. There were so many fucking options leave something bad just happened you think a girl's dying or has at least been kidnapped and and the people that are scary who've perpetrated most of this at this point have left yes. you are free you're free you are free to mm-hmm. go do something yep frankly most people believe they had a pact yes that no one was gonna tell yes and whether it's because they're adolescents and whether it's because they they are scared of the other two sociopaths mm-hmm. they don't do it they don't no. do the right thing. No. They don't do the right thing. And at one point is not doing the right thing so criminal that you're guilty of murder. Yep. And that's what right we're going to- Right here. Right here. This is, it's right here. <laughs> I agree. So she gets told to start the car. And every time that Shanda started to scream, they told her she was to rev the engine to cover it up. Oh, my God. So when Lori Tackett opens the trunk, Hope Rippy notices a bottle. And this is Hope doing something awful right now, Okay. Hope, who had stayed behind. She notices a bottle of Windex in the trunk next to Shandashir, so she picks it up and starts to spray her with the cleaning what liquid. The fuck. This bleeding, dying girl, she sprays her. The Windex starts to fizzle in mm. Sheer's wounds, and somehow she manages the strength to sit up again. Like she's, whether she's doing this voluntarily or involuntarily at this right. point, her, Is it ner- she's right. trying to fucking survive. Yes. She's alive and she's trying to I, survive, Charnel. I cannot imagine living through this. So, I can't. No. Torture. One Absolute. of the worst torture cases this I've ever This is like worse than seen. medieval torture. It is. For fuck's sake. Her body is covered in blood. Her eyes are pure white because they're like rolled in the back of her head, considering the pain. And even if she was conscious, conscious at this point, Shanna begins to sway back and forth while Lori Tackett's talking to her and she says nothing in response. And again, I believe there's also a point in time here where evidence suggests this could be when when she was sodomized by the tire iron also. So either happened before or at this point with the tire iron. But we know that it happened at one of those two points.
0: Again, uh, points to I'm going to say her soul was gone from her body and it was just human Brain what, operating, and, and I hope and
1: pray that nerves. for her family's sake as well. I'm sure they've prayed this multiple times mm-hmm. as well, hearing and knowing the story that that was the case. Yep. Well, Lori Tackett's mom yells out the door at this point because oh my God, and Tackett slams the trunk down on Cher's head. Right. So, as the sun is rising on Saturday, January 11th, over this night of torture, all four of the girls pile in the car and go to get gas near Madison High School. They filled a bottle with gasoline, and then they drive out to this rural area along Lemon Road. So they drove north of Madison, past the Jefferson Proving Ground to this Lemon Road that's off Route 421, and this is a place that Hope Rippy is familiar with. So Shanda's badly t- hurt, tortured, dying, bleeding profusely, but still alive. And they know she's still alive because they just tried to slam her back into the Mm -hmm. trunk and slammed her head in there. Mm -hmm. So the car stops and Tony Lawrence refuses to get out of the car. Mm -hmm. Okay, Lori and Hope wrap Shanda up in a blanket and carry her to the field by the gravel road. At this point in time, and this is how it's stated, Lori made Hope pour gasoline on Shanda. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say where Melinda is at this point. Okay, I was going to. But ask. she's there. Yeah. I do so we not don't believe, know if she's inside the car or outside. I 100% believe she was outside of the car yeah. and watching this. Yeah, I believe If
0: Tony is the only one that's documented as staying yes. in the car, then
1: she's outside. The and car. here's is part of why. So, Lori Tackett lights the match okay. and sets Shanda on fire. All of the girls get back in the car and start to pull away. Keep
0: in mind, Lori is not the one that had the jealous problems with
1: this girl. But she was friends with Melinda and she's a sociopath. Yeah. She is the scariest one here. I think she is, but (laughs) Melinda's evil. Uh, Yes, yes. They start to pull away. Melinda gets nervous and she tells Lori Taggett, turn back around. She wanted to make sure that the body was burning. She got scared that when they lit her on fire and like we're leaving that the body was still going to be there. Scared
0: or did she want to watch it burn?
1: Maybe both. Because what she does then is Melinda then grabs the bottle with the remaining gasoline, goes over to Cher's body. And it's described, super big trigger alert, guys. She stood staring momentarily as Cher curled herself up into the fetal position or was responding to being on fire. Which is actually a neurological response. Correct. um, Response. Response. As her... Tongue is darting in and out of her mouth. And then after she felt that she'd seen enough, as she's obviously dying, she pours the remaining gasoline on her corpse and runs back to the car. Uh Melinda thought it was funny, the manner in which Shanda was dying, you know, curling up that involuntary fetal position. Yeah, Um,
0: there's an actual scientific name for it that I'm too traumatized right now to even um, bring to my conscious awareness but uh, if if you're a true crime fan you've heard you it know. time and time again um, i just can't remember right well, now what it's called she
1: describes it to the yep. other girls as she's dying exactly yep. what's happening that's that's and yeah. and this just goes along with what we find in the autopsy that clearly Shanda Shire was alive mm-hmm. still when she mm-hmm. was burned and you know that from that trauma response it's yep. the curling up it's the yes. arms reaching up above it's the curled fingers your own body is trying to get away from being incinerated when you can't move and you're bound.
0: Yes. Yes. I'm going to look up the name now because it's, it's going to bother, bother you. me. Um, yeah. But carry, carry on. Thank you. But, so she thought that, that that neurological response
1: was funny. Yes. Yes. She thought okay. it looked funny. Okay. And if if I couldn't tell you that things don't get worse, I would be lying because they do things that are even more sick. Okay. Yeah. So she's ecstatic. Melinda Lovelace is ecstatic now in the car because her plan has worked, and Shanda is finally out of her life, and Amanda's going to be all hers. And Lori obviously seemed to enjoy herself during the crime in general, and at least during the night's events, Charno, hope uh, Rippy and Tony Lawrence must not have been too shaken up because they've had several opportunities during the night now to summon help. And I've chosen yep. not to. Exactly. And there were even moments that they were alone, remember, when the other two went joyriding and Shanda was mutilated, but she was still alive in it's, the trunk. We've, it's the boxer stance. Boxer is stance. Is how it's described. Yes, mm-hmm. which is exactly what has been described. Yes. Thank you. The girls go at 9.30 a.m., so what, a few hours after this, they've just been joyriding, to a McDonald's. And I don't even want to see this, but I'm going to. Trigger alert. They started laughing at one point that Shanna's body looked like one of the sausages they were eating. Oh my God. They're sick, Charnel. It's trying, and I'm saying telling you these things because so many people are trying to make one or more of them less culpable because yep. of their involvement. But I right. want you to know what they
0: did. Yes. And then in then the, the things that were said and the yeah. I, this is not somebody who was just along for the ride and a victim of the circumstance that they found themselves in. They were, you know, a part of this. They were carrying on with laughing about this. They were making statements like that. This is These are
1: not people who feel remorse. No. And, or, or trying to get away. But then, then shit starts to happen. This is where, you know, the plan's kind of going to unfold. So Tony Lawrence actually calls a friend and tells a friend who's, who I could not find the name of about this, the murder. So Lori drops off um, both Lawrence and Rippy, so Hope and Tony, at their homes. And she finally returns to her house with M- Melinda Loveless. Loveless tells Amanda Hevron, her girlfriend, or ex-girlfriend, right. that they've killed Shanda. And then they make arrangements to pick her up later. Now, Amanda's going to insist that she didn't believe her, but she was told. They did tell her that they had killed her girlfriend, and then they make arrangements to pick her up later that day. Okay. So a friend of Melinda Lovelace's, a Crystal Wathen, mm-hmm. or Wathen she comes over to Melinda's house and they tell her what happened. Then those three girls, Lori wow. Tackett, this other girl who's apparently an after the fact here. And I never hear anything about whether or not she's charged with being an accessory after the fact or anything. But okay. she is involved. They go over and pick up Amanda Hevron And they take her back to Melinda's home. And they tell her the story. Wow. So both Amanda and Wathan, the yeah. girl, yeah. they're reluctant to believe the story. Well, so I can kind of see
0: why. Hey, I Honestly, killed your little
1: fucking girlfriend.
0: It, and this is how we did it over right. a span of an entire night. And right. she stayed alive that yes. long. And it's it's hard for me to
1: believe right now. I know. So being reluctant to believe them, Lori Tackett and Melinda, are, I mean, they want them to know. They want her to know what they did. So uh, Lori shows them the trunk of the car. Oh, my
0: God. Okay, at
1: this point, you know it's happened. There's bloody handprints. Yeah. Shanda's socks are still there. Mm-hmm. And apparently, according to reports, Amanda Hebron is horrified and has to be taken home. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when they pull up in front of her house, Melinda Lovelace kisses Amanda oh. and tells her she loves her and pleads with her not to tell anyone. This is disgusting. And Amanda Hebron promised that she wouldn't tell anyone, and she goes in her house. And neither of those two girls reported to the authorities what happened.
0: Yeah. It's the, okay. I have problems. I have problems. Yep.
1: I mean, where are we with this?
0: Yeah. I, I'm Sorry, but you are an accessory at this point in time. I you mean, you saw evidence. You saw evidence. You go and tell.
1: Amanda insists that she's a victim in this still, if you watch the videos. Okay. Well, I'm here to call her fucking bullshit. You were just shown sorry. evidence and proof. And, and here's the thing, too. How old is Amanda? She's 16. hmm Mm-hmm. She is 16 years old right
0: she's not 12 no she's like 14 girl. i'm sorry
1: she's 14 years old right because loveless is 16 okay yes. she's right. 14 years All old. Right. but but she still, hasn't you told just her bloody she, handprints you go and tell an adult this is the same girl that insists that when there were being letters sent to her that um melinda was going to kill, kill her, her that she told her dad or told the youth prosecutor but then she doesn't report this right right no no, sorry. In one interview that I saw, Amanda is insistent to that she did tell her dad. And if that's the case, I think it was Dr. Phil. He actually says to her, so your dad didn't report it? Right. Like, come on, girl. Right. Right. So at this point, Shanda Shearer's father, Stephen, has noticed that his daughter's nowhere to be found. So this is early on January 11th. He realizes his daughter has left the house, snuck out of the house. She's only 12. He's terrified. He phones neighbors. He phones friends. And he calls Jackie, his ex-wife, and she and his mom. And at 1.45 p.m., um, they met together and went to the Clark County Sheriff's Office and filed a missing person report. At 8.20 p.m. that night, a hysterical... Hope Rippy and Tony Lawrence go to the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office with their parents mm. to tell a horrific story. Mm-hmm. Both of the girls gave very rambling statements identifying Shanda, in quotes, as some victim. And then they start naming the two other girls involved as best that they could and are describing to the police events of the previous night. So you can imagine Jefferson County Sheriff's Office is like, what in the hell is going on Absolutely. here? Absolutely, You've got these two apparently hysterical and scared girls. Sheriff Shipley has received at this point a missing persons report from Clark County.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Shanda and Asher, age 12, had been reported missing by her parents some eight hours earlier. He felt his heart sink as he read the description. Yep. Blonde hair, five foot tall, around 100 pounds. And that description perfectly matched the Jane Doe that he had from earlier. Yep. He starts the paperwork to get warrants then, for the arrest of Lori Tackett and Melinda Lovelace, based off of the statements made by Lawrence and Rippey. So the investigators are rushing to get paperwork in order and may receive word because that the teeth of the victim did match the dental records of Shanda Shear. Because irrespective of them describing what had happened and knowing that it's that person, they had to positively identify the victim. Mm-hmm. So Has no, the body been found yes, at this point? Okay. Yes. It had been found in the early morning hours. Okay, so, so the same day. I mean, yes. really?
0: This was like within right hours. After. We oh, you know God. so
1: so they had left. This had happened just before dawn. Yeah. And then those hunters went out. And I have it yeah. here. If I go back, um, I think that this is around what, ten forty five? And yeah. 55 a.m. is when they call the Foley brothers find this body and call the sheriff's yeah. department. Okay, so we're just talking a
0: mere matter of hours yes. that the body was found. Okay. You got it.
1: No wow. real apparent attempt to hide the body. And pardon me for being crass, but what dumb shit teenage girls, if you're going to kill somebody, that's mm-hmm. what you do is right. put them in a field out in the open. It's some type of a, it almost makes you wonder if it's sacrificial in nature with mm-hmm. these weird occult things that they thought that they were involved in. Yeah.
0: Yeah, didn't correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't one say that they did that so that she would be found and so that it wasn't a secret or something like that? Maybe I'm thinking yes. about another case, no, but I
1: think and I just think that's bullshit. I think, I think they just hope. didn't think it through. Well, Hope repeats the one that that had maybe uh, if you want to do an order of culpability, the second mm-hmm. least culpable. Okay. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. and, and just for the record, maybe that, some sort of a conscience. It as did a make human. me feel nauseous when I just said that. By the yep. way, um, she knew this area and so. Perhaps that was the the case. But anyway, they were trying to, why the burning then? Right. If he wanted to be found, she was dead, she was dying. Drop her in the field then. They didn't want to get caught. She had to die. Yeah.
0: And they, I mean, I truly believe that they enjoyed every moment of the torture. And burning is just one more way you
1: can torture somebody. right? So um, no matter which direction the case was going to go at this point, Charnel, the hardest part was right here. And that's Sheriff Shipley notifying Shanda's parents absolutely so after what I'm going to call an inter-county investigation because there's so (laughs) many different agencies working on this Shipley contacts the Clark County Sheriff's Office and he was finally able to match the body to the share a missing person report Tony is explaining the events of January 10th and 11th and is confirming at this point in time they they hope was there too but they say it's Tony that really confirms that the person that they killed and um, found dead on Lemon Road was Shanda okay so Shanda's parents, Jackie and uh, Vo and Steve Cher, they were excited when the f- police contacted them.
0: Oh, God. Well, of course, because they think they've just found, a
1: you know, their runaway teen or whatever. They are certain that their little girl had been found and that they would be reunited with her. Mm-hmm. But as soon as they saw the look on Detective Henry's face, they knew that something awful had happened. Mm-hmm. But they are no way they could have imagined how awful at this absolutely
0: point. not right
1: there's zero way there's no i'm still right having way.
0: a hard time I know. understanding everything that well, happened to this little girl one
1: there's no right way to tell a parent that their child's dead but two how in the hell do you explain to them that your child has been brutally tortured and murdered i don't know did this take him did he go on to a nice peaceful career God, after i hope this? so i didn't look but i hope he's retired on a lake someplace me too. Oh, Lord. So it didn't matter how eloquent or sensitive he would have been, the impact remains the same. And when he told them that Shanda was dead, Jackie became hysterical. Of course. So Melinda Lovelace and Lori Tackett are arrested on January 12th, and they are charged at that point simply because you have to arrest on something with first degree murder. Mm-hmm. So the bulk of the evidence for that specific arrest warrant has come from the statements made by Hope and Tony. It's almost 2 a.m. by the time Sheriff Shipley and Detective Henry acquired arrest warrants for Tackett and Loveless, okay? Mm -hmm. So we're into the next morning. Lori Tackett's car had actually been spotted at Melinda's mom's house, so it was there that they decided to serve the warrants. They're still having fucking slumber parties. Yep, they're still still hanging out. out. It's a Sunday night, and they're just hanging out. When the two um, police officers knocked on the door, Melinda's mother, Margie, answered, Remember, she's been fucking traumatized in the past, right? right? Right, right. They quickly explain why they were there and ask her where the girls were. Margie tells them the girls are upstairs, so the investigators make their way up to Melinda's room. When they enter the room, Melinda and Lori are in bed, sound asleep, sleeping away. Like nothing like, happened, no more Like they didn't murder slide. and torture a 12-year-old. Yep. Henry, Detective Henry, actually had to yell for the two of them to get up, to wake oh up. Oh, my God. As they woke up. Well, he, yeah, I bet they were exhausted. Oh, it's very tiring what they did. Um they uh, he informs them as they're waking up that they're both being arrested on charges of murder and then they're let out of the house in handcuffs and transported to the police station where they are booked and jailed so the prosecution in this case charnel they immediately and by immediately i mean you know within days it wasn't like right then yeah they did at some point to clear their intention to try both Loveless and Tackett as adults at this point. Okay. And Tony Lawrence and Hope Rippey were charged shortly after. So I'm going to explain some of this in the process and how it happened. Okay. So as investigators were questioning both Melinda Loveless and Tori Tackett, Lori Tackett, um, they're actually having this interview as one would before transporting them to the Indiana circuit court in Madison. This is where the single count of murders entered against each of them and counsel is appointed to represent them. In a different hearing or a separate hearing, as will often happen, you have to have a hearing on cases when you're going to charge juveniles as adults. Now, in Michigan, there are certain cases that are automatic waiver cases. Mm -hmm. And in an automatic waiver, you don't have to have a hearing. You can just simply charge them as an adult. Other cases are discretion where you have to have a hearing in front of a judge to decide whether or not they can be tried as adults. Indiana must be different than Michigan because they actually had one of these hearings. It didn't seem to be automatic. They had Hmm. to make the request. So judge Ted Todd ends up doing the waiver and he waves the girls from the juvenile court system and determines that they would be tried as adults. Yep. Following the hearing, the prosecutor in this case, who I, I do I do like I know he gets a lot of flack through this because of some of the plea deals and stuff that are made, and people have some criticisms, but True. he doesn't do a bad job, and that's just my opinion as a judge I'm sorry, I, I watch attorneys, I see what they do, and I don't think he does a bad job here. Okay. he speaks with Hope Rippy's attorney regarding her involvement so you, you're, you're getting the squealers you got to yeah. talk to the people and see what you can work out yep. sometimes and I know no one's going to like this. Mm-hmm. The only way that you can get the full and absolute story is to make some offers. I know.
0: Right, right. We've seen it time and time again, but also this is just the way that the justice system works. It is. And, and without that, how many cases would have gone un- unsolved? Perhaps. Okay,
1: so. So the media are swarming all over. We've made national headlines at this point in time. The public sure. is in shock. They want quick justice for Shanda. The media is all over the fact that there are four teenage girl murderers. Mm-hmm. Okay? And apparently both Loveless and Tackett at this point had confessed to at least three p- people and two of those people apparently made statements to um uh to Shipley and to Henry the police officers at this point. But note that Amanda Heverin is one of them. Correct. So the facts are starting to fall in place, investigators are piecing together what happened. Um the facts as I've presented them to you for the most part. Each of the girls is trying to downplay their own role in the murder. Because now it's point fingers and every woman, girl for themselves. Yep. Our little pact is done. Most of their statements did match. And the prosecutor, he was pretty confident in his case at this point. One or more of these girls is going to go down for murder. It's yep. obviously going to happen. Right? There's no way that Shanda could have been brought back at this point. But he was determined, the prosecutor was, to get justice. So... A picture based upon the girl's confessions, statements, and evidence uncovered was beginning to emerge of Shanda's last hours of her life, which would make that possible. For several months, um, the prosecutors and defense attorneys actually didn't release any information about the case, only giving the media the statements that were made by um, Hope Rippey and Tony Lawrence. So they aren't disclosing all the other stuff that they have. So Shanda's autopsy, which I talked to you a little bit about at the very beginning of the case, yes. did reveal that her official cause of death was smoke inhalation, meaning that she was burned alive. You she- know, they can never actually say burned alive, but it was smoke inhalation that caused her to die.
0: But think about that. Everything she had been through and what she actually died from was smoke that is incredible to me.
1: I think it's one of those things where any and or all of the injuries that happened could have caused her death. Eventually. But the first yeah. thing that caused the death ultimately was yeah. that she was burned and that she inhaled yep. that smoke and died. Yep. If she wouldn't have, you know, died from that, it could have been any one of the other injuries. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Was there, was there some more than that? Was she slowly bleeding out from oh. her neck and from her it being her head was caved in. Was correct. Was it the brain injury that was there? Did she have a stroke? Did she have what? I mean. It's just the smoke is the fastest. That's the, that was the one. So, March fifteenth of nineteen ninety two is when uh, Guy Townsend charges Hope Rippy and Tony Lawrence. He charges them with mur- two months. Yep. Okay. Murder, arson, battery with a deadly weapon, aggravated battery, criminal confinement, and intimidation. Okay. During their arraignment, the judge waves both of them into the adult system as well. Mm-hmm. So they have an appearance where they're taken to Jefferson County Jail, um, that, or they have a, that court appearance, I'm so sorry, and then they're taken to Jefferson County Jail to await trial. Later, that same afternoon, Melinda Lovelace and Lori Tackett were brought before the judge, and they were charged then with seven additional crimes to the first degree murder that they were originally they were charged, charged with, okay. including, um, which was different than the other girls, child mm-hmm. molestation and criminal deviant conduct. Mm-hmm. So they were charged with all the same things murder, arson, battery, aggravated battery, criminal confinement, intimidation, but on theirs was added child molestation and criminal deviance. Yes,
0: as we got more
1: information. Yeah, sure. Well, we know that the uh, sexual assault with the tire iron occurred during a time frame that it was those two girls most likely together. Right. right. So, and um, of course, they described their crimes to the other two girls at some point. So they're singing like birdies, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So a month later, though, He also tacks on in April an additional count of felony murder against Tackett and Loveless as well. I like that because... To prove murder, you just have to show that it was in commission of a felony. So you don't even have to intend to murder the person. If you committed a felony during that and someone dies, you're guilty of felony murder. Okay. And uh, no one's really explained that to the public, so let right. me explain to you. First degree murder, you have to show intent. Yep. And just in case they were going to say, we were only intending to beat or torture her, we didn't really want her to die, the fact that they committed these felonies and the kidnapping, and that she ultimately died as a result, takes that mens rea right off the table. You're fucking guilty of felony murder because you were committing a felony when she died. Yep, okay, love that. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. So on April 22nd, Tony Lawrence, she's our least culpable, please know I'm using air quotes, mm-hmm. accepts a plea deal with the state. Mm-hmm. In exchange for her testimony against the other three girls and a guilty plea to the charge of criminal confinement, townsend agreed to drop all of the other charges against tony lawrence okay for this guilty plea lawrence would face six to 20 years behind bars and where this yes it's a 20-year felony y'all but where the six comes in is they either agreed to a time frame for her to serve so the prosecution you can enter into a sentencing agreement where you say okay the minimum time you're going to be in jail is six up to 20 and then we let the judge decide right okay yep it happens Yep. otherwise you also are at the mercy in some states of sentencing guidelines which could make guidelines very low for a very assault of crime depending on a lot of mitigating and or circumstances let's just put it that way okay so do you have a question nope nope okay. i was just breathing so it was going to be at the judge's discretion this is what was agreed upon right there's which, a time frame which
0: makes sense to me like they're like I am go- I can, we can make this deal yes. of six to 20. It will be up to the judge. Okay. Yes. And, but however,
1: in exchange, we
0: will drop the, the other, other yep, the other charges. So people
1: are angry. They are. Sure, yep, now, people they are angry about the plea agreements. Um, Townsend, and, and again, hate me if you will. But the prosecutor felt it was necessary in order to have an eyewitness for the state. If these cases were going to go to trial, he had to have it. And I think he decided that she was the least culpable person. And based off of what I've heard, totally is guilty of murder, you guys, because she was there. She was an accessory. She was she was even before and after the fact. But she isn't the person that caused any Right. Any of the physical yep. injury, I can to her. see how he came to this we decision. Can hate it. Yeah, we can hate it. No,
0: I actually do understand it, and I think that he did good work here. Um, truly, and I know people are going to be angry about that, but guys, this testimony is huge. Yep, for the people who. Actually and in the, alternative, physically engaged
1: in the alternative, he could have not made any plea offers and they all could have gone to stand trial for murder and none of them would have been able to testify against the other at any of the trials because at that point in time, their um, rights uh, come into effect. You have the right against, uh, to not self-incriminate right. when you're testifying in another trial. So there's no way with co-defendants that they could have had any of the other girls testify yep. uh, while they were facing the same charges. Exactly, It's just not possible. You've got to So what are you that. left with then? Yep. You're left with the evidence, you know there was a murder, but is yes. there the possibility that a jury could decide based off of hearing somebody's story that they're not guilty of everything? Sure. Yeah. It could have it happened. It happens all the time. He is playing the legal chess game. They are. They are. And and honestly, to be again, this was checkmate for me. Yeah. Because then, unmoved by the state's new witness, which was, you know, her, right. um, you know, um, why am I drawing a blank all of a sudden? Tony. Tony. Loveless, Rippey, and Tackett repeatedly turned down offers from the state. In response, he files a death penalty specifications against Loveless and Tackett on July 13th of 1992 because, wow. and this is why I like him, because I'll be goddamned if you're not going to accept a plea. If we're going to go to trial, I'm going to request everything I can on it. And he yep. knew, Charnel, that he was pretty unlikely probably to get the death penalty for them because of their age, but he was still going to play his card. So he did, and yep. he filed an, an intention to request the death penalty at sentencing if they're convicted. He also files another charge against them both at this point. He charges them with conspiracy to commit murder because that is another life offense. Just wow. a conspiracy yes. is yep. the treated the same as a regular murder charge. Yep. Because of Hope Rippy's age, he could not file death penalty specif- specifications against her. So remember, Hope and Tony are 15. You can't request the death penalty even if they're tried as an adult unless they're sixteen. Okay, and up. didn't so know that. So Tony and Hope were never going to be facing the death penalty anyway. Tony's the songbird, and he can't request it against Hope. Right, but he could against the sixteen and seventeen year olds. Yes. On August seventeenth of nineteen ninety two, Tony Lawrence was discovered slumped over in her cell. And she was rushed to a memorial hospital where it was determined that she had actually attempted to overdose on her antidepressant lorazepam. And then it was later learned she had been saving all of her prescribed daily doses for some time. Okay, to I was going to say, sui- how would she do that? To make a suicide attempt. Okay. I, l- let, me, let me talk in a minute about my feelings about this. But she's initially comatose. She remains in intensive care for 11 days before regaining consciousness. And then once she recovers... Judge Todd orders that she be transferred to Lifespring Mental Health Facility in Jefferson for an eval, and she ends up remaining in custody of mental health officials until October 1992 when she was transferred back to jail. I get a bad vibe about this because I feel like she was trying to fucking get out of it.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: She was trying to get out testifying, testifying. This Yes, attempt. we needed her to stay alive. She needs testifying. We need her to stay alive. Yes. We need her to. And just how fucking selfish are yep, you at this yep. point you know what? yeah she was mentally ill you guys I'm sorry she was young she was mentally ill she attempted suicide and she had had issues with this before sure but what a cop-out
0: yeah yeah that's ugh. I mean I guess it doesn't surprise me no. but I, I agree with you she was absolutely trying to get out of testifying
1: so September 21st 1992 Melinda Lovelace and Lori Tackett. um they decide because death penalties been put on the table I think mean, we're gonna accept a plea agreement oh wow imagine that <laughs> Oh. They both are going to plead at this point guilty to the murder and to torture both of which should be I consider them life offenses mm-hmm. um of Shandashare and also to arson and criminal confinement confinement I'm sorry in exchange then the state's going to drop all the other charges and withdraw the death penalty specification request against them. The agreement also specified that they would ultimately allow the sentences for each of those charges to run concurrent mm-hmm. so at the same time. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. according to um the book by aphrodite jones that i referenced at the beginning cruel sacrifice please read it if you're interested in even more details in this case just eight days after her plea agreement melinda apparently is having a great time in lockup let's just talk about how sociopathic she is Mm -hmm. she gets caught having sex with an employee a guard at the clark county jail what by the way he subsequently resigns Oh, imagine that. Well, you know, you can be charged with criminal sexual conduct for having sex with a confined incarcerated person, even if they're an adult and consenting.
0: Is she a witch and casting spells?
1: <laughs> My God. And she's transferred to the Indiana Women's Prison. Uh, no charges were filed, by the way. Wow. On that guy. He just resigned. I don't think I have it in here, but I, I watched an a interesting podcast where they talked a lot about um, the psychology of Melinda and some of her behaviors in jail and one psychologist who evaluated her describes her as being overly and overtly sexual sure to the point where when he was interviewing her he described her as intentionally like pressing her chest her cleavage together and then leaning forward and this gal that I watched present this and I'm not going to give any judgment on this she's irritated with the psychologist saying that he feels like what kind of a weird old man are you over overly sexualizing this young teenage girl uh-huh. but I'm going to take an opposite stance on this and say that when you're dealing with this level of sociopathy sociopathy uh-huh I believe that she entirely and incredibly would manipulate people to get her own way, including sexually. So it does not yeah. surprise me that considering everything else we know about Melinda, that she wouldn't use her sex as a way to to survive and to manipulate people. Absolutely. I don't like saying that as a feminist. Right. Because I don't ever want it to look like a look at the way she was dressed kind no, of
0: thing. No, no. But there are people who use those manipulation tactics. They're hu- we're humans. Agreed. Okay, so she, we're she, capable of anything. Yeah.
1: She also was involved in um, sexual relationship with an with a inmate um, there as, as well, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think would surprise anybody. Mm-mm. In November of 1992, Tackett and Loveless both entered um, attended separate plea agreement hearings where each of them admitted to their actions in the death of Shanda. Judge Todd set both of their sentence hearings, sentencing hearings for December 14th. So they're on the same day. Then the following day, Hope Rippy's trial date was set for March 1st because she, at this point in time, is maintaining her innocence. Mm-hmm. Okay, Hope yep. is still- She doesn't have a plea deal like Tony out. did. Yep. She was sold out by Tony. Yep. And the other two who are, are the ones that actually committed all the physical stuff. Hope's just like, I didn't, I didn't do anything. Uh-huh. I'm going to jump ahead a little bit uh, and give you the sentences and then explain some things for <laughs> you and how they, how they turn out. This is
0: why people wanted you to cover this uh, because probably. the sentences are what
1: enrage the public. I know. So both Tackett and Loveless, both of them receive a sentence of 60 years. Mm-hmm. Which was the max, by the way, for a quote-unquote life offense at that point in time in Indiana. Mm-hmm. So people are like, life, it's 60 years. That's, that was their consideration for life. So mm-hmm. 60 years in the Indiana Women's Prison in Indianapolis. So they should have been like 76, 77 okay. when they got out. So Tackett ends up being released, Lori does, in 2018 mm-hmm. and serves probation for one year. Mm-hmm. Loveless is released in September of 2019. So she gets basically spends another year after uh, Tackett in jail. Mm-hmm. Hope Rippey does ultimately plead, and and I'll explain some of that in a moment. She's also sentenced to 60 years. Yeah. yeah. And people have a hard what, time with this. That's what's pissed people off, you they guys. They did suspend 10 years for mitigating circumstances, mm-hmm. plus 10 years for medium supervision probation. So, yeah. On appeal, though, a judge reduces Hope Rippey's sentence to 35 years. Mm-hmm obviously felt that in terms of culpability, it was Tackett and Loveless that deserved their 60 and Hope should only have spent the 35.
0: Right.
1: Lawrence, Tony, was allowed to plead guilty to the one count of criminal confinement and that judge sentenced her to the maximum of 20 years. Yeah, It was supposed to be between 6 to 20 and the judge can make a decision. He gave her
0: 20. So I'm going to back the two people that were not physically in as culpable it's hard but remember this is hard
1: hope was allegedly involved at the end there with the burning oh yeah yeah she didn't, says didn't Lori she made her put, put the yeah. that's the, true uh but again you just did the the squeezy yes. battle she did sc- spray that fucking the windex. windex on her in the yep. car yep, to yep, just yep. to cause pain yep. so don't i don't even believe for a minute that she was made to no. put the gasoline no, on? No, 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 no. I think it was a matter of, hey, grab the gasoline. Correct. And she did it. Yep,
0: yep, yep. But I'm just going in the into the, you know, if, like you said, if we had to do a scale here. Doesn't it like suck that two, we're
1: scaling culpability right yes, now? Yes,
0: it does. It feels gross, but. Oh, my God. Like,
1: well, when you look in terms of the sentences. A sentencing judge agreed to resentence to the 35 years. And we don't do these things willy-nilly. Something had to have been presented, and they used the terms mitigating circumstances. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit. Now I'm going to, I jumped forward to sentencing, now I'm going to jump back a little. Okay. December 14th of 1992 is when the sentencing hearings are occurring, both for Melinda and for um, uh, Tackett, for Lori. Yeah. On the opening day of the sentencing hearing from Melinda. So there's television trucks everywhere. The Jefferson County Courthouse is just fucking surrounded by people. And the courtroom is packed. Family members, obviously, from both sides. But this has become a spectacle. There are Mm -hmm. reporters. there are onlookers. I don't want to, you know, be mean to people because the public's curious and they want to know what's happening. But I think also, realistically, you do have outraged citizens who want to know that justice is going to be done. Of course. Of course. So, prosecutor Guy Townsend, he describes to the court in vivid detail the events of sheriff's abduction, torture, and murder. And then over the next several days, Tony Lawrence, Lori Tackett, Tackett, and some friends and acquaintances of Loveless are all called to testify against her because you can have them testify at the sentencing hearings. They've all pled. Yeah. There is no self-incrimination stopping them at this point. Right, right. They have their... Townsend also calls Don and Ralph Foley the brothers the founder, Sheriff Shipley, Detective Henry, Sergeant Wells, Dr. George Nichols who did the autopsy and several members of Shanda Shear's family. And in the end, what was the most really like heart-wrenching testimony was from Jackie, Shanda's oh, mother. Sure. She started with you guys, she started with a video. And it was a collection of, like, photographs of Shanda at different ages. Like, she's doing basically this PowerPoint, the tapes playing, and she's narrating photos as they're playing for the court. She's
0: humanizing her baby
1: for the judge. So she does her presentation, and then she reads a written statement to the court that went for 45 minutes, and I'm going to read some of it. It has obviously shattered all of our lives. I speak for all of us when I say I don't think there's anything worse than burying your own child, I can't control my emotions most of the time, and I cry because I want my baby back. I want her home for Christmas, but I can't have her. This year, I didn't get to buy Shanda any presents. There are no presents for her under my tree. Melinda Lovelace has cheated me out of being with my daughter during this life. It is my wish for you, Melinda, that you live your life with memories of her screams and the sight of her burned and mutilated body. I'm not sure who you love most in life, Melinda, whether it be your mother or your father, but I want you to imagine them in the trunk of that car. I want you to imagine the person you love the most begging and screaming for their life. I want you to imagine that person being the person lying on the ground who was burned and mutilated. Maybe then, and I doubt this seriously, you could feel a small portion of the pain our family feels. The proper punishment for Melinda would be to place her in a cell with pictures of Shanda's burned body and force her to continually listen to a tape of my daughter screaming like she did that night. I hope and pray you remember these words for the rest of your life. May you rot in hell. Love this woman. Me too. Because she said all the things that you would want to say and that people are thinking. Yep, yep. A verbal ass-kicking. Lori Tackett's sentencing hearing began on December 28th and was almost identical to Melinda's. Townsend more or less recounted the same events and the witnesses varied just a little bit. And in addition, both Loveless and Lawrence testified as part of their plea agreement okay on the morning of january 4th 1993 melinda Lovelace stood in front of judge todd awaiting her sentence he cited all of the factors involved in the case including the gruesome nature of the crime and the age her being 12 the victim then he paused and he sentenced Lovelace to 60 years in prison the maximum sentence allowed under the plea agreement You still have time to turn your life around and do something good and useful with your life after prison, Todd said. Because Loveless at this point, Melinda, is bawling. She's weeping uncontrollably in court. But not because she took a life. Nope. She's feeling sorry for herself. herself. Shanda Shearer does not have the chance to do that. I hope you take advantage of the opportunity you've been given with the 60 years. Mm -hmm. She's sobbing uncontrollably as she's led away. And then Lori Packett gets brought in. So the judge cites... The factors again in the case and passes down the identical sentence. Tackett is stone-faced, doesn't cry, doesn't flinch during the proceedings. And this just goes to us again. Exactly. Why? She's the scariest. I think she's the scariest, even though she wasn't the one that had the relationship or wanted the girl dead. No. She just knew she was going to kill somebody. Yeah.
0: And she also is so scary. She doesn't even have remorse for herself. Right. I mean, Loveless at least was crying for herself.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. You would, at least you can feel bad for your future that you've ruined. Right. So... After the sentencing, just two days after the sentencing, Shanda's parents filed a $1 billion lawsuit against all four girls. Mm -hmm. It's great. Mm -hmm. The suits filed after a Louisville television station reported that Lori Tackett was trying to sell her story to a movie production company. Oh,
0: for fuck's sake.
1: And that Loveless was also considering some various offers she received. And this is just the vomit of humankind that people would reach out to them and say, hey, you want to sell your story about how you murdered that young girl? Yep. Fuck you guys. Yep. Like absolutely. it makes me sick. Yep. And that's why we have laws on the books too that you can't profit as the yes. perpetrator from these cases, but still makes you sick. Yep. Shira's parents never expected to collect any of that money. Let's be clear. Right, right, right. They wanted to discourage the girls from, from profiting at their daughter's expense. So You file a billion dollar lawsuit, any money you bitches make off of this, we're going to take every cent of it. Yes. Jackie about gives a interview to the Courier Journal on that day, and she says, It's appalling to think that they could profit from killing Shanda, but I can't say I was shocked to hear about their plans. I know the horrible things these girls are capable of. Good for you, Jackie. Yeah. Call them out and continue to. So the circuit court judge in Clark County, a Daniel Donahue, he agrees with Jackie and he issues a temporary injunction blocking the girls from making any deals to sell the story. And then Indiana law, um, It mandated, I'm sorry, it wasn't, and then it, despite his injunction, Indiana law mandated that any money a felon received for publication or broadcast rights be deposited in the violent crime victims fund. So it would, again, it would be unlikely that they'd ever make any profit off of it. And if they did, it would go into this fund. Okay. So just so people feel a little bit better about it. Tony's sentencing hearing began on January 19th of 1993. The hearing it's one
0: year and yep. nine
1: days later. Yep, and she's she's the songbird. Uh huh. During her hearing, which is only two hours, <laughs> investigators praised Lawrence for her cooperation, and several teachers, family members, and friends testified on her behalf. Um, she was granted permission by the court to read a statement of her own to the sheriff family. So she does read a statement
0: i don't think i would want to hear it maybe. well i'm gonna read it to you no i mean if i was her family <laughs> i know
1: i didn't mean on the podcast <laughs> right <laughs> um uh, your reaction as a parent and the the victim's mom here I, and dad just just think about it mm-hmm. i'm so sorry about your little girl <laughs> can i do you want to clean the vomit off my chin mm. i know that you can never forgive me for being with those girls On January Um, 10th and 11th. Being
0: with those girls. Oh, no accountability. But I would
1: like to explain some things to you.
0: Nope, I don't. I I would walk out. If I was Jackie, I'm gone out of the courtroom.
1: I think Jackie is so smart and intelligent and just eloquent that she's going to sit there because you know her responses are going to be beautiful. (laughs) I mean, she already basically put the smack down on Loveless at first. She's great with the words. I do very much remorse. So feel remorse for your daughter. I've been locked up for 10 months, and that time has been a living hell. I've had nightmares where I wake up screaming and can't stop to think for a second without seeing Shanda's burned body or hearing her screams. Good. I was terrified of Melinda and Lori.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: I knew it was going to come in at some point in time. Melinda had a knife and was going to kill Shanda. I know I should be punished, but in my heart, seeing Shanda tortured and burned was punishment enough. Oh my God. I didn't get help. Because I was scared they would kill me too. Okay. That night and morning will live visibly in my mind for the rest of my life. I know you have the right to hate me. I wish there was something I could do for you. But all I can say is how very sorry I am. Following her statement, Jackie Bot took the stand and gave a reply. I sat through three sentencing hearings and had to look and listen to my daughter's murderers day after day while they lied and put on acts worthy of an Oscar. <laughs> I see attorneys trying to convince everyone that these girls are victims. The victim here is Shanda Renee Shearer and her family and friends. Tony could have saved my daughter's life that night at any given time. She chose not to. Yep. Period. Exactly. Point blank. Yes. End of story. When they uh, convened the next morning for the sentence to be imposed, Judge Todd sentenced her to serve 20 years in prison, the maximum sentence allowed mm-hmm. by law. He clearly was not impressed with her statements. Nope. She broke down and cried. You mean her
0: lack of accountability yes. in her statements? Yep. Yeah. And yep. made it about her? Correct. I wake up after <laughs> nightmares, and I've been locked up for 10 months.
1: Yeah. Well, it's going to yeah, get longer. Thank you. So she breaks down and cries. She at least showed some remorse, like you said, for herself, right? mm mm-hmm. Hope Rippy, who is the holdout here, guys, she finally accepts a plea deal, plea deal as well. Uh, and at her sentencing hearing, which began on January 1st, uh, 1993, um, they ended up, I, I don't really know why, they ended up moving her sentencing at the request of the defense to South Bend, Indiana, and held it at the St. Joseph Superior Courthouse with a Judge Jordan presiding. Hmm. I, I have I don't I'm not sure why and I, I did some research but I'm, I'm not sure if there was it was because of um, you know threats or if there was uh, some type of um, valid motion that she couldn't get a fair sentencing which I find hard to believe but irrespective it's it's moved venue is at the beginning of the hearing Hope Rippy makes a statement maintaining that her claim that her only action against Shanda was pouring the gasoline on her body so she admits it but remember she says she was made to. Mm-hmm. Following her statement, the defense, her attorneys, called the psychologist Michael Sheehan to the stand. The doctor Sheehan says Hope is immature and acted solely under the domination of Melinda Lovelace and Lori Tackett. But testimony from Tony Lawrence and Lovelace and Tackett, who have all been sentenced, painted a little bit of a different picture yeah. of Hope. The prosecution called witnesses from the previous three proceedings and the last to testify was Jackie Vogt, Mm -hmm. who we know already is going to kill any type of a statement. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. And once again, she shows the video of her daughter to the court and she becomes angry because Hope holds her head down. Like Mm -hmm. she's not going to watch. She has her head down Mm -hmm. and won't watch Mm -hmm. the video. Mm -hmm. Judge Jordan orders Hope Rippy to look up and watch the presentation. Good. Yeah, Right? Bloody. Do yes. you just feel some vindication here yes. for this? Good, because yes. a judge should do that. Absolutely. I like that a benchmate anywhere in the U.S. did that yep. because that's what should have happened here. You 100%. don't get to hide your head. No, you don't. Nope. Her statement during this sentencing, Jackie's, was: "Imagine how you would feel if someone did to your niece what you did to our child." Because she, her, um, her sister has had a baby at this point. Okay. Hope says. You cannot know the pain we have felt. There is no greater pain than losing a child. They recess, Judge Jordan comes back, and he sentences Hope to the maximum sentence of 60 years, but suspends 10 years for mitigating circumstances. Mm -hmm. Any orders that she be placed on probation for 10 years at the time of her release. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Then Judge Jordan made her statement to the court. I like it. (laughs) hope rippy had choices there were avenues of escape ways to help herself ways to help shanda she poured the gasoline so no one would get caught even though she knew it would kill her yep her lack of mercy of tender courage is a horrifying lesson to us all so loveless is the ringleader right when
0: you think about it it was the smoke inhalation that killed her she's the one that poured the gasoline
1: isn't that interesting to think Mm -hmm. of
0: when you really get down to brass tacks yep
1: that's that was the ultimate cause of death
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: so melinda who's the one who's angry with shanda she's the ringleader behind the murder naturally receives a longer sentence than the two younger girls and tackett gets the same sentence and a lot of people questioned why like why did she receive that longer sentence also i'm going to tell you a little bit more about lori tackett okay so as we've indicated, we know she grew up in this strict religious household, and she's rebelling. And apparently, at one point in time, she like when she started to engage in the occult, she like shaved her head and stuff too. Okay,
0: she's she's got she's she's got some she's shit got loose. A lot of lot of, lot of entrance. She has
1: some shit loose. <laughs> she got some shit loose. Yeah,
0: she's been the scariest one of all. Honestly, in an
1: interview, she says, "quote unquote," I didn't know Shanda at all. I didn't go into that evening knowing anything was going to happen, wanting anything to happen. I didn't peer pressure that's all it was it spiraled out of control way too fast it's something that should have never happened
0: yeah it is but what's scary is that you took such a huge part in it for a girl you did not know and had no ties to or any motive for truly
1: she gets interviewed on the dr phil special that i referred to and they referred to her as the convicted killer, which is perfect. Mm-hmm. Explains why she thinks people kill. And she said, Oh, good. My opinion is that they kill to feel superior or high on the victim's fear, and they're thirsty for the spill of blood.
0: Oh, so that's how you felt. Yep.
1: Cool. Um, another excerpt taken from that Dr. Phil um, show about uh, Shanda and Lori's, I'm uh, um, sorry, about Lori Tackett's role in the murder. So Dr. Phil asks Lori's mom and sister if they agreed with the statement that she made. Mm-hmm. And they both said yes. Her mom said that her daughter, Lori Tackett, believed it was her destiny that she would murder someone in cold blood and spend the rest of her life in prison. And wow. her prediction was partly true. Like
0: that's what her sole lesson
1: was yeah, to learn. And yeah, apparently. She and she was she, born knowing she it? She fulfilled her destiny. Yeah. She did have that major hand in killing shanda and of course was released from prison in january of 18 so Charnel, all of these girls are free now right now right. all these girls are free i
0: just want you guys all to absorb that consider the sentences that they got yes. and they all are free
1: so this was the early 90s what 20 years so here's here's it december 14th of 2000 tony lawrence yeah. least culpable please know i'm using air quotes yeah was released from prison after serving nine years okay so she nine served year. nine years of Called the 20, 20 year she could have received anywhere from six to 20 and she served nine hope rippy appealed her sentence which we know was reduced to 35 years by a judge right but then she was released on april 28th 2006 so mm. she served what two, nine? Uh, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 14, 14, 15, 14 15, 15, okay. Lori Tackett, sorry, my mental math is off. Uh, Lori Tackett was released on January 11th, 2018, on the 26th anniversary of Shanda's murder. And then, oh, uh, Mel- yeah, there's enough to make you want to vomit. Oh and then God. Melinda Loveless was released on September 5th, 2019, after serving 27 years in prison. So, Lori served what between 25 and 26 years, and Melinda served 27 years in prison.
0: How did women ever get out so this is horrific when you look when you're on a parole board megan and you're reading the details of what they did is it because of their ages um let's get
1: into at it at the time of the crime let's, i met let's get into it a little bit so on november 3rd of uh, 2004 uh, a judge, Jenny Mannier, um, who's uh, a judge in the Indiana Superior Court, she reduced Hope Rippy's prison sentence from fifty to thirty-five. She's the one that did that. Okay. And according to reports, she felt that Rippy was remorseful and likely to be productive in society. Mm-hmm. Okay, which I know, I know is what you have to weigh. We do, as and a judge, I know you guys don't you like this, at. but we have to look at propensity and what would it be likely that people would reoffend? Mm-hmm. Okay, are they rehabilitatable? Mm-hmm. I know. So she did take into account a couple of things when making her decision. Are they like trying to
0: say this was mob mentality? And so well, as long as they're not all back together, then they probably aren't going to re I've heard a lot
1: of people refer to this as bystander effect, but yeah. this was people participating, so I don't really think it fits within the legal definition of bystander. Right. No offense to you podcasters that called it that. I just don't think you understand. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. right, it's right not right, a right. bystander that, effect that's when That's why you, I said mob it. mentality. That is way way closer. Yeah. So um she took into account as the mitigating circumstances that Rippy had obtained a bachelor's degree from Ball State uh, University, general studies program for inmates, and um, had spent some time uh, talking to various youth groups. And once they affirmed the decision to reduce the time, uh, it became that Hope's earliest possible release date would be 2006 instead of 2017. So Jackie Vogt has been very adamant that she's, and, and pissed off, by the way, and just in general, about this decision. Yeah. And she says she's taken every class because this was taken into consideration, remember, is mitigating. She goes, she's gotten every degree she can with my tax dollars, I might add. Right. She's done everything she can to get out early, but it's just wrong. That's right. a quote. Right. She said the only thing that she wanted, and she said this on Dr. Phil too, Hope Rippy came on herself to Dr. Phil after her release. And there was a confrontation with um, Shanda's mom and sister, uh, surviving sister. And she's I think attempting to be remorseful. And I'm sure that it was a terrible spot for her to be in. Not that she didn't deserve to be in a terrible spot where she doesn't know how to apologize. Watching this video, it's very uncomfortable. And then Jackie, in all of her eloquence again, basically says, the only thing that you could have done, the only thing that you could have done to make this better is to serve your whole sentence. Right. That's
0: it. For sure. You deserve to be in jail. You're 20 years. Yes. That's it. So difficult oh no no she was 35 right I'm sorry 35. sorry my bad 35. Tony Tony was 20 yes, yes. yes. exactly at the very to least. all of the girls though
1: yes. to all of the girls she has said that the only thing she ever asked was that they serve their sentence because yes. they deserved it at a minimum so on this is hard so they find out that Hope's going to be released Shana's family still in mourning May 8th of 2005 which just for the record is Oh, no, I was going to say that. that's one of my daughter's birthdays. That was 2003, though. Shanda's father, who was 52 at the time, Stephen, he dies. Oh, God. And the cause of death had not been publicly released, but it's been reported that he was buried in the same cemetery with his daughter um, on the freaking Dr. Phil show when they confront Amanda Hevron, Remember the girlfriend here that's kind yeah. of in Fluminous? She says, just kind of crassly, that she does feel bad that Steve Scherer, Shanda's dad, drank himself to death. Oh, my God. And there have been multiple right. allegations or conversations that he did yeah. turn to alcohol, to addiction. I don't and, and blame him. And that led to a death. Oh
0: uh, My um, God, sure. how do you cope in life knowing this yeah. is
1: how your baby? You don't. No. You don't. So um, Jackie uh, says um, after, you know, she feels like, and I'm going to say this because she deserves to have her opinion told. Rippy's early release was made possible because the St. Joseph County prosecutor failed to do his job. She was adamant that they could have prevented Rippey's sentence reduction if they would have chosen to oppose the sentence modification motion back in 2004. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't necessarily disagree because I was happy with how things happened at the beginning, but then there's a motion that's filed to reduce her sentence and a different judge made that decision and she feels like they could have and did not oppose the modification. Yeah. So she has a right to that opinion. She
0: absolutely
1: does. And her quote for that was, she poured gasoline on my 12-year-old child and burned her alive but she's an asset to society and has strong convictions and is ethical i don't get it i just don't get it and remember it was the smoke inhalation that, that was, was documented
0: COD. as the cause of death Got people it.
1: in october of 07 i'm gonna go back Lovelace's attorney mark small requests a hearing to argue for his client's release he said that Melinda Lovelace had been "quote unquote" profoundly retarded by childhood abuse. That was an appropriate term then, by the way. Oh yeah, but yeah, he's for saying sure. That she was basically, but in, also she impaired wasn't. in her development because of sexual abuse. Yeah,
0: I get that, but I don't. I don't think that that qualifies as being profoundly. Yeah. I don't because what did you say <laughs> You're earlier? You're so angry. <laughs> I am. I'm so. I'm so angry. What did you say earlier? That there are many people who go so through many. that and worse that are not
1: murderers. You got it. He also argued that she had not been represented competently by counsel during her sentencing. how many
0: times can we use that as a freaking excuse?
1: Which caused her to accept a plea bargain in the face of exaggerated claims about her chances of receiving the death penalty. So he's basically saying that mean old prosecutor, when we wouldn't take a plea... Added the death penalty and that caused her to plead. And you know, right, sir, that is probably exactly freaking true and not a violation of any kind. No. And that's not It's one of those things where you say she was threatened. No, sir. It was a promise. Yeah. Yeah. It It wasn't a That is
0: not inadequate representation. Mm -hmm. That is, how do I defend a murderer? Right. There's he, only so many things we can go with. He here.
1: also argued some legalities that I find very interesting. And he argued that because she was, uh, Melinda Lovelace was only 16 years old when she signed the plea agreement, that she was too young to enter into a contract in the state of Indiana without consent from a parent or guardian, which had not been obtained. And if the judge accepted those arguments, she could have been retried or released outright. Oh, my gosh. Now. Remember you guys.
0: She was charged I was as an adult. Say, she was ch- remember, remember, remember yes. that waiver that was signed over to and charge her as an adult. You were charged
1: as an adult. You were treated as an adult, Correct. Including with civil contract law in, in, in all a criminal of the, offense. yep, exactly. Yeah. The details but, of the case. But you know, good job, Attorney Small. For any of you that are mad at him, because that's what defense attorneys are paid to do. And he did. He was dealing with a teenager who was facing a significant sentence, and people have had very strong opinions about life sentences. And even yeah. though this wasn't life, it was sixty years. And there's been a lot of laws and rules of change that find that that's cruel and unusual punishment, by the way. Do uh, you wanna what is
0: cruel and unusual?
1: Being burned alive. Thank you. On January eighth of two thousand and eight, her request was rejected by circuit court judge Ted Todd. Good Ted, Ted, Ted Todd.
0: I even though that you've got two first names as your first <laughs> and last name, I still I'm it. still okay with
1: it. Um, she would, however, be eligible for parole in fifteen years. Thus, maintaining the original guilty plea. And I'm sorry if I didn't mention that before, but part of the um, plea with the agreement to the 60 years was that they were eligible for parole. There wasn't going to, parole wouldn't have been taken off the table, which okay. is actually not a bad thing in terms of how I am for an appeal, because it would have survived a cruel and unusual punishment argument. Because having not been denied parole means that they weren't effectively given life sentences as children. Okay, okay. okay? All right, all
0: right, all right. Just Thank let me put it in perspective that. before you blow up, okay? Yes, because I was getting ready. I
1: know you were. I saw it. She's playing with the crystals over here excessively.
0: They have been my emotional support f- right. fidgets this entire episode. I
1: will also note that after Judge Todd ruled, she appealed to the Indiana Court of Appeals, and they also uh, denied her appeal, finding that Judge Todd's ruling was appropriate and uh, small. The attorney. Stated that he would seek to have jurisdiction over the case removed to the Indiana Supreme Court, which is your, your right. So, why would Melinda Lovelace, 16 years of age, mastermind such a graphically remorseful, remorse less brutal murder over jealousy? Are there mitigating circumstances? I think we've already pretty much decided that there weren't. Jackie Vogt, in a 2012 interview, said a, some really interesting things about Melinda. She said, I had many times said, if you want to see as close to a person who has absolutely nothing inside of them, look into Melinda's eyes because there's nothing there. She had a difficult childhood. Dad had allegedly sexually abused her.
0: Yep, a lot of people do.
1: Her siblings also, um, and experts opined that they have attributed to her anger and uh, those type of things. He was later arrested and convicted. And, and I think I, I briefly touch on that in just a moment. Okay. Just out of, out of interest. One of the videos that people can go and watch, and I highly suggest if you want to see something, go to YouTube and, and click in this case and about Lovelace specifically. She did do well in prison, mm-hmm. Melinda, mm-hmm. and she found some measure of escape from that violence and abuse. So there's an Indiana program called ICANN, mm-hmm. the Indiana Canine Assistance Network. And it's been helping Loveless, among other people, behind bars. And basically what they do is they train puppies to be assistance dogs for disabled people. Mm-hmm. And one of the dog breeders who supplied a puppy to, um, uh, in Indiana to her was a burn victim, like Shanda was. Mm-hmm. And you can see him talking to her and interviewing her in this, um, where she actually seems like a real person. And he is honestly truly a burn victim. So the breeder, he convinces Jackie uh, she and his mom to watch a video of Melinda Lovelace all grown up, and and to see what she does in prison for the program, and Jack, working with animals instead of people. Yes, but Jackie, God, what an amazing woman she is in terms of what she's had to deal with. She says, "I was really taken aback. I saw someone almost reborn. She was sincere. She was compassionate." I like to think the I can program allows her to have something in her life that she can show love back to and that there's never been betrayal on either side to. Right, because it's an animal, not a human. You know, one of the other things that she said, which I didn't quote, but I remember it very specifically and it just sticks in my head. She also said, Melinda now has the opportunity to raise something that she loves mm-hmm. and do all the good things for it to make it a beautiful thing, this animal. And then ha- have it taken away from her right at, at about, the end
0: at about 12 to 14
1: years right to be given to somebody else because oh, they're raising they're service rais- animals that's right and then because she's still incarcerated that's it. it's not that it would die yeah. it's that she is she she liked that she was raising something that she would have to intentionally give up something that she loved not that it's even comparable but to at least give her a little bit of that feeling of what it's like to lose something you love that you've treated beautifully through the years
0: when you right when you think about karma Yep. Mm-hmm. So if we
1: want to talk about karma and, and somebody who deserves everything good in the world, let's talk about Jackie Moore. Yeah. She was so impressed with what was happening and what she saw. <laughs> she donated a puppy named Angel. Mm-hmm. This puppy's so cute, by the way, mm-hmm. for Loveless to train in prison. Think she about said, that, y'all. Oh, my God. Think right? about the selflessness. That. She said that she did it in order to honor her little girl who she thinks about every day. And she also agreed to donate a dog every year in Shanda's memory to the program. And Melinda was to be assigned to train those dogs. For Shanda's mom, this was a chance for something good to come out of the evil that took her daughter. Mm -hmm. In a quote, she states, It is my choice to make. She's my child. If you don't let good things come from bad things, nothing gets better. And I know what my child would want. My child would want this. Mm -hmm. Melinda, for her, her part at that point, did feel that Shanda's mom was helping her to overcome her past. She said, she helped me to heal, forgive and grow. Whether she wanted that or not, she did a good thing. I would thank her. I couldn't thank her enough. Angel is in good hands and I'm doing it for Shanda and I'm doing it for her. Now this is before she was released. And so I'll know, these are all good things that happened, but I want to make it clear that Jackie and her family are still pissed. That they were released. Absolutely. So even though she did this good thing, and Melinda really did make some changes that perhaps make perhaps make her so that she's not dangerous to society, I hope, because they fucking released her. Yeah. So you have to hope that they've determined that the public that isn't safe. at risk. Yeah. But all they wanted for, was for them to serve their time. Of they couldn't say it enough. Of course. Due to the sexual abuse allegations, because I do want to touch on this, because they were so specifically horrible against Melinda and potentially her sister's. Um, Larry Lovelace was arrested, and he was charged with rape, sodomy, and sexual battery. Okay. He waited two years for trial before most of the charges were dismissed because they were past the statute of limitations. Oh, my God. But Larry killed himself in 1998 by jumping into traffic in St. Louis, Missouri. Wow. And there are people there that out here in the world that feel that this wouldn't have happened, none of this, if Melinda wouldn't have had the childhood that she has, sure. but I still call bullshit yeah because i think it what we've said over and over and over well, right 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 steve scherer shanda's dad um there was as i indicated a, a couple of sources and one of them was valid enough that i'm going to make the statement on air and i apologize to her family if this is not how they feel but it was that he did suffer from alcoholism after shanda was killed and he ended up dying from his addiction at age 53 sure. and 05 um shanda's mom and her stepmom believed that Steve actually died of a broken heart after losing her daughter. And I think both of those are true. I was just going to say, I yeah, because
0: one leads to the other. Right, mm-hmm. Megan? Correct. I mean, so ugh.
1: we talked about the Dr. Phil thing. So Jackie and Shanda, um, sister, they confronted Hope on that Dr. Phil show in 2011. Freaking mm-hmm. watch it if you want. You know, I don't always like watching this kind of stuff, especially mm-hmm. I love Dateline. They give great mm-hmm. information. But if it's a case I'm covering, I don't love watching it because I think that it skews podcasters mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, it's edited very specifically. Jackie very specifically said to Hope, the only thing you could have done is serve your sentence, and none of the girls actually in served, served their entire sentence they were given. When Amanda Hevron appeared on the show, she was there to defend herself against Jackie's allegations that she molested Shanda. Mm-hmm. Jackie stated on the show she believes Amanda is responsible for Shanda's death yeah N- not that she could be criminally charged with anything no. although there might but be those some letter. There.
0: those letters went to her first where Lovelace was saying she was going to kill her and she did not turn that
1: over to anyone four teenage girls three of whom didn't even know Shanda yep kidnapped her beat her strangled stabbed sodomized and tortured a 12 year old girl and burned absolutely Tori and Hope Tony and Hope were away from Lori and Melinda for Hours, and they didn't seek help for yep, Shanda. Yep. Then Hope pours gasoline on her so Lori could light her on fire. And only after the brutal murder did Tony come forward. Lori was deeply disturbed and obsessed with the occult and killing someone. Mm-hmm. Melinda was so enraged with jealousy and anger that she targeted a young girl whom her girlfriend had an interest in. Mm-hmm. And somehow, somehow, they're all walking free today with their lives to live. And this is how yep. Jackie and Shanda's sister feel. Yeah. Shanda's mom has been showing as i've indicated as i've I've couldn't shown enough that she's been so strong through all of this she makes television appearances to tell her story she explains that she understands that melinda had this horrific childhood um, and believes she believes that abuse and violence in the home molded melinda into the monster that she became but melinda chose to act on it yeah she does advocate she's a huge advocate against child abuse and seeks to see the positive in life which she believes shanda would have wanted and basically, Shanda Shear, in her opinion, was a child taken away too soon by a group of mean girls. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave you with information that's probably not super helpful, but I wanted to know where people ended up. Oh, okay. Jackie is still very much outspoken, um, and you can look her up all the time. Can we just
0: pause for a second yeah. and acknowledge that since 1992, this mother has had to continuously give interviews, not had to, but she has chosen to be that strong advocate. She has. Not only for her daughter, but then also for prevention of this happening again. Yes. Over and over. This was the rest of her life, y'all. It was. Ugh. Okay, carry
1: on. Well, I was just going to say, I don't know how helpful this is to anybody, but um, Toni, uh, she ends up um, changing her name. Mm. um she works for a madison-based uh, i would think all of them would have to change their names yeah you're gonna hear that uh she works for a madison-based trucking company she keeps a low profile allegedly she has children and she spends time with her dad mm-hmm. hope rippy um goes by anna now she lives in the indianapolis area she married her girlfriend and reportedly still lives uh, again in indiana in the indianapolis area mm. Lori, um who goes by mary Uh, which was her legal name. Mm -hmm. Her last known whereabouts were in Indiana, but that's all that's known about her at this point. And then Melinda uh, changed her name, and basically she lives in Indiana but completely stays out of the public eye and just isn't on any type of social media. Can't imagine why. Yep. So it comes down to, in this case, um, are there mitigating factors enough that these girls should be out walking around? Um, Should the sentences have been reduced? Were they still a danger to society? To our knowledge... None of them have reoffended, mm-hmm. and that's where we are. Okay, that's, that's the case of Sheena Sheer.
0: But can I play devil's advocate Please. here? Because I know you've explained as a judge that you have to look at when someone's up for parole: are they a danger to society? Are they likely to reoffend? Yeah. I get that, but can we also just look at the justice side of it? Of the, you're right. Maybe they wouldn't reoffend, but they haven't served their time. They have not had the punishment that was given to them for this crime. And that is where I get pissed off. And I know, of course, her family, the victim's family does as well. Any victim. We're not just talking Chandra. I mean, any victim's family, right? But like, I get it. Are they going to reoffend? Yeah. You know what? Probably not given their tender ages and the circumstances, blah, blah, blah. We hope that they don't. We can't say for certain that they won't. girl
1: mentality, manipulation, peer pressure. Are those even real things? But at
0: the end of the day, they didn't serve the time that they were given. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to me as a human in society that they are less likely to reoffend. It's just the principle of the fact that they didn't serve the time that they should have, that they were given for the severity of this crime.
1: Yes. Yeah, Chanel, that's, that's the whole thing with this. And I think that's why people have requested this case so much and, mm-hmm. and just want opinions. I don't know if I've given any opinion that's different than many other people You've you know, given receive. a
0: lot of very thoughtful information and it's just, that yeah. that others definitely haven't. I've heard a couple of podcasts on this, and it wasn't done nearly as eloquently well, as you did I it. But I got
1: concerned about some of the... Um, opinions out there podcasters or otherwise who actually do believe that there were mitigating circumstances in the case sure because they
0: probably don't understand what those words actually mean
1: well Uh, you know in the in the true legal depths of them yeah and and we use um in in my line of work mitigating circumstances all the time yeah and and again you may not like it but there are reasons that there will be certain sentences given out none of it actually truly mitigates that there was a life that was taken right uh and that it was senseless and needless and just really shouldn't have happened right and and the only other thing I can add to that is, like you said before, think of all of the people that you and I know, um, or that we've dealt with that have mental illness that's been that have been through uh, childhood trauma who don't turn around and commit crimes like Correct. this. So yep. just keep that yep. in mind in the future.
0: Millions of them. Correct. It's in the millions, yeah. guys. So you want me you know. to bathe you? I do. I also will tell the audience that as a coping mechanism, I have to show this to you. So I was using our crystal penises What'd for. You well, I've come up with my color palette that I'm going to redo my living room in. It, look at how nice those all go together. It is lovely. That's beautiful. It also matches my coffee cup this morning. So it was that was nice. I've, it is. It's I great. Have, I'm going to keep these crystals out so that I can uh, color match them to what my new uh, living room is room's gonna
1: be. I'm going to go along with your headlines from before okay. and stick with some uh, funny headlines. But this is one that's taken from uh, bestlifeonline.com, which is one we don't use very often. Okay. Um, I like that uh, this one forecasters call for weather on Monday. <laughs> cool. That's I was hoping right. weather would happen. That's right. <laughs> Cows lose their job as milk prices drop.
0: Oh no! Yeah, yeah.
1: How about miracle cure kills fifth patient? <laughs> no, <laughs> don't don't think it was a cure. Um, and unfortunately, or a miracle. A man accused of killing lawyer receives a new attorney.
0: Oh, really? It, is it because his had a
1: hard time representing him after that murder? He did have a hard time. Uh, from uh, the grave? I think we've read this before, but um, they believe that the state population is due to double by 2040. Babies are to blame. Oh, I do remember that one. Yeah. Babies are to
0: blame for the babies, doubling of the population. Babies are to blame. Those fucking babies. Oh,
1: I have read this before, because, but I'm going to read it again.
0: Yeah, and it might have been on a Brain Bath Only episode, so maybe the
1: regular Police arrest right. everyone on February I 22nd. I
0: that one. Yeah.
1: Police just re- arrest everyone. Yes. Um, how about this title? This just says Thursday is canceled. <laughs> this had to do with a, a, um, a oh, Donald Trump thing announcing I'm- that Thursdays have been fired. But um, Thursdays imagine canceled.
0: if we went from Wednesday to Friday. I am down for that.
1: Right. Maybe we should cancel Thursdays. Actually, well, let's cancel Monday. Well, we're while we're talking anything. about Thursdays, this was a I think this is Route One A or something bridge closure date Thursday or October. <laughs> <laughs> um, a day of the week or a month? Or a month. State detour plan draws criticism. Is the under under headline? The oh, secondary. I bet. Yeah. I bet
0: it might be on Thursday. Now, or in October. I
1: also want to make sure that you know, in case this article headline doesn't tell you, that most earthquake damage is caused by shaking. Oh, no kidding? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's weird. Or federal agents raid gun shop, find weapons. You don't <laughs> say. Whoa. And my personal favorite is safety meeting ends in accident. <laughs> Yep, this was an EMT safety meeting that occurred. No. And apparently, it was reported that somebody was jaywalking across the street when they were struck by a pickup during no. this. Yes, yep, absolutely. Oh, that's awful. How about a Muddy Creek problem? It's too muddy. That oh, was the problem. Oh, yeah. You know what, you Muddy Creek? And as we've seen before, in many cases, murderer says detective ruined his reputation.
0: You know, how <laughs> damn those detectives. How dare yes. them ruin murderers
1: how reputations. dare you how dare you thank so, you for yep.
0: those oh you guys you guys this was a hard one i know sometimes you all request even the the most common You know,
1: commonly um, well-known and requested cases. Yes. I'm picky picky about the ones they take because the ones that are so well-known, I almost don't know if I can do them justice. This one I took a stab at. No, you did this amazing justice. I do think that people are
0: going to appreciate the perspectives that were given and explanations. And... um, Oh boy, it was. This is, was a very, very hard one for me. So I know it was all of you guys too. But fantastic job, my friend! Thank you all for hanging into it with us for this for two episodes. And until next time, keep it curious. Keep listening.
1: Bye bye. Bye bye.